Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, welcome back to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am super excited about this weekend's matchup. We got the Bills versus the Patriots. There's not a better time than to have my main man from cover one, Anthony with me. Anthony, how are you doing? You ready to break this down? Ooh, that was a really awesome intro. I appreciate being your main man. And yeah, I am ready to break this down. It's Patriots week. It's a big week. It's an exciting week. It's a big game. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's our biggest moment up until this point in the year, but this game is going to tell us a lot about the Buffalo Bills and who they are and who we're going to be going forward. All right. So obviously we have something big going on this weekend. It's Halloween people. This it's a real, it's a real holiday. Okay, I'm not going to dub this down. All right. I love Halloween. There's 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 butterbeer. There's candy corn. There's decorations with cobwebs everywhere that get ruined because of the wind out here. It's fine. I'm having a great time. Gryffindor in Quidditch this weekend. It's the biggest rivalry in the Quidditch world. I'm pumped. I'm a little bit salty, to be honest with you, because I worked really hard on some decorations and the decorations got ruined. Aunt. they got ruined. ruined. How? Because in Nevada. You have uh, beautiful windstorms that decide to just blow dust and debris everywhere. So, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put some cobwebs all over the place. Cobwebs are ruined. Ruined cobwebs. Looks horrible outside. And Halloween's tomorrow. I'm going to leave it alone. Ah. Okay. Yeah, I know. It sucks. Way to go. (laughs) Stupid. Stupid wind. I know. I know. What was this? Okay. So the title of this podcast is Put the Nail in the coffin. Yeah. It's Halloween time, baby. And I couldn't help but think about my favorite song that reminds me about (laughs) Halloween. I'm going to sing it. I don't care. You can't stop me. You're not going to stop me. Don't try and stop me. I won't. I (laughs) I literally almost said, okay, here we go. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. Fast forward, fast forward. And if I see Van Helsing, I swear to the Lord, I'll slay him. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I did it. I told you I was going to do it. It's you my favorite song. It. It's my favorite song. I watched that movie every single year for Halloween just because I love the drama that is called A Taste for Love. If you haven't seen Forgetting Sir Marshall, guys, you definitely should. Ooh, it's one of the best out there. Oh, man, it's such a good movie. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Oh, but enough God. of that, right? But enough of that. There's no Brady. We got Cam Newton. Ooh. What's going on, man? What do you think about this matchup? Seriously, because we got to break this down. I know that we're dealing with injuries. I know that they're dealing with injuries. Obviously, look at Nikhil Harry. He's ruled out. Um, you know, we got to fact of the matter is this. Let's just stick to the topic, right? We need to put the nail in the coffin. We've had struggles. We've been able to at least defensively bounce back after facing a Jets team 
who has tons of tape on us. You know, let's just be honest. Divisional games are always difficult, no matter if they're 7-0 and or if they're 0-7. You know, basically what we ran into last week was, in my opinion, yes, I, I think that they just have a lot of tape on us. They're able to match up really well against us. They kind of figured out some things at the end of the first game. Um, and, you know, I, I don't write off their defense one bit. They got a lot of talent. Obviously, offensively, they have a lot of issues. But you go into a week with, you know, the defending AFC East champions, right, and um, divisional champions. And what do you see going into this game aside from the injuries and how we match up against them? What do you think? I see two things. One is the storyline of put the nail in the coffin. And two is the method of execution in which that'll take place on the field. And so, of course, you you hit it right on the head, pun intended, with the nail. The Pats come into this game wounded. They come in limping. They are beat up. They are hurt. They have not played good. They they had bad indications of what the season was going to be coming into the offseason when just player after player was opting out. They are missing key players. No more Brady. Cam hasn't looked good. Then Cam got covid there are so many questions with this Patriots team and they're coming off a bad loss. They have not looked good. They are ripe for the beating in this game for the Buffalo Bills. And this game is the proverbial, if not now, when I said it on my episode that I did last night, this is the biggest, we, we've seen it so many times over the years, the whole, if not now, when, when it comes to beating New England. That has never been more true than it will be in this game this weekend. The Pats, again, they're beat up, they're wounded. Put the nail in the coffin. Half of their body is in there. They're up to the torso in the coffin already. Kick them in, slam it shut, nail it, put the dirt on it, and that's it. That's what we need to do. When it comes to the -the on-the-field aspect, I still have a little bit of hesitation. I know what the Bills did against the Jets, and I don't care how bad the Jets are. It is impressive as hell against any NFL team to hold them to four total yards in a half, which is what the Bills did to the Jets in the second half of last week's game. That's tremendously impressive. However, still had some errors in the run game. The defensive line is still getting blown off the ball. And New England, between Cam Newton's struggles and the strength of the offense, which is the running game, combined with what the weather is looking like in Buffalo this weekend, which is high winds and rain, I think the Pats are going to come out and just try and run the absolute hell out of the ball. Now, if you're the Bills' defense, I don't think that's a shock. And also with the injuries, like you mentioned to Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman is also out. The Pats' receiving weaponry does not strike fear into my heart. So I would like to see the Bills come out, stack eight in the box, run blitz, and hit gaps as much as they can. We might have to see more three linebacker sets in terms of having a 4-3 base actually be our base defense instead of the standard nickel that we normally run. Let's get a little bigger out on defense, force Cam Newton to beat us with his arm, which he hasn't been able to do because he's had terrible footwork and arm mechanics so far this year. But I do have a little bit of cause for concern. You can never underestimate the Patriots ever. I know I just spoke about how wounded they are and how bad they've looked. I will never underestimate a Bill Belichick-led football team. And the Bills need to get this win. They cannot lose this football game. But the Pats are going to do things to test the Bills. They're always going to do that. A Belichick team is always going to do that. But what the Patriots are good at on offense is running the ball and beating you up up front. And the Bills have struggled in that area. So I'm a little worried with that. Yeah. You know, I I think if I'm Buffalo, I use a formula 
that has been terrorizing teams this year. And it's very simple. Feed Cole Beasley. I, I don't see how if Cole Beasley gets another 100-yard game, they can stop us. I, I look at the 200-yard games he had was against the Jets and the Rams. We obviously won the, both of those games, but I'm telling you right now, he is a matchup nightmare once we get him going. Now, the difficulty is getting, getting him going early. Like we saw that issue against the Chiefs. We tried that on the first drive, and on a first drive <laughs> of the game, and you know you're not getting the ball in the second half, obviously, uh, you got to feed Cole the ball. And, you know, you saw that bad pass by Allen. You can't feed him again because there's no way, you know, they're not going to double him once they see you're trying to go to him. Uh, he gets going. You get the one-on-one with Diggs. You start to get your passing game, start to get your passing game going. You have to show this Patriots defense that you are not afraid to air the ball early because you know you're going to have to run the ball. So if you can try to at least establish the passing game, they have to respect it. They have to play more nickel, so that way you can start running the ball more, obviously with Zach Moss, who I think is going to start emerging. This could be a matchup where the offense, I mean, this maybe this is the offense's mojo game, right? Where everyone's saying, well, you know, where was all that fire at the beginning of the season? I look at this situation, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to go against Cole Beasley if I'm the if I'm the Patriots. I see Cole Beasley and I am worried as hell how he's going to shred the inside of the field. Because once he starts doing that, everything starts opening up for Josh Allen. Uh, so what do you think about what do you think about Cole, as a matter of fact? I mean, matching up against him. Do you see anyone inside the slot or maybe not even just a nickel, but just a linebacker that may give us trouble covering Cole Beasley? Not too much in this game. I think the Pats have struggled in there, despite the fact that they have Stefan Gilmore, who is, even though I hate saying it, is a very good corner. And they have McCordy. And the things that look good on paper to a degree, they have not covered well as a team this this year. And they, they have honestly, they've had a lot of weaknesses in the run defense as well. But with the weather and what it's going to be this weekend, I think the matchup combined with the weather screams a Cole Beasley type of game. I don't know with the wind and the rain, again, that's projected at this moment. I don't know how successful the deep ball or the vertical game can be combined with the fact that we've seen a lot of teams start to play the bills offense with keeping everything in front of them, making Josh Allen beat you in a surgical death by a thousand cuts type of way. You know, Belichick's going to subscribe to that. I could see some weird type of Belichick defense where they're doing like, let's only rush two and drop nine or let's rush one and have like 10 spies, some weird kind of defense that, Allen hasn't seen or do something to force Allen into make mis- making mistakes. But either way, between the scheme that I think the Pats are going to come out with on defense combined with the weather, the majority of this game, if the Bills are going to move the ball through the air, is going to be in that short to intermediate. I think most passes are going to be anywhere from 5 to 12 yards. And who feasts in that 5 to 12-yard range? I know Stephon Diggs can do it, but who really feasts? over the middle, in the short, in the option routes, in that short to intermediate, 5 to 12, Cole Beasley. He is that guy who's going to get you 10 catches for about 100 yards, averaging roughly 10 yards a catch. He's going to win on those jerk routes and those option routes in the middle of the field, testing the linebackers and testing any safety or slot corner that comes down to cover him, whether in zone or man. I think Cole Beasley is a very key component 
to the Bills offense. And in a game like this where you know the Pats are going to try and keep everything in front of them and the weather is also going to play to that strength, Cole Beasley's going to have to win in the middle of the field and be an asset for Josh Allen, like he has been in those two successful wins that we had against the Rams and the Jets. I I absolutely agree with you. So how about we jump to the other side now? Obviously, the apex of the Patriots is Cam Newton right now because Edelman's ruled out. Nikhil Harry's ruled out. So you stop Cam, you win, right? I mean, right. that's the formula. That's the formula on defense. So how in the hell do we stop Cam if he's if if they're looking to just, you know, power run him, uh, you know, do the same thing we're doing, you know, the, the read option, uh, RPOs, all that, you know, what do we need to do to neutralize him early would be my question to you first, and then I'll answer it after. I would like to see kind of what I mentioned to or I alluded to and mentioned in the opener a little bit ago. I want to see them come downhill hard, maintain gap integrity, run blitz as much as they can. I don't care if Cam is running QB powers or QB sweeps or they're running RPO or they're just giving it to Harris or Burkhead or even James White. The Bills cannot get beat by the run game. And just what we've seen from Cam so far this year, I don't think Cam is beating anybody through the air. I know he had that good game against the Seahawks, but the Seahawks defense is tremendously porous and terrible. And it was also earlier, early in the year, each progressive week we've seen Cam get worse in terms of his mechanics and his throwing ability. Even uh, looking at the next gen stats for last week's game, I think he only threw the ball to the right side of the field, like five times or four times. It's he's, narrowing himself down. He's not throwing off of a good base and a good platform. So they're going to come out with the run. I would like to see as much as I've seen AJ Klein not look good this year. I would like to see Klein and Milano and Edmonds again, provided Milano was healthy enough with that peck injury. I want to see three linebackers and I want to see a lot of run blitzing. I want to see Poyer live in the box. I want to see eight man fronts. I don't think they can beat us on the outside. Even if there was no weather concern, I don't think they can beat us on the outside. But added in with the weather, it's going to make it even harder. So I want to see eight-man boxes, eight-man fronts, run blitzes. I want to see schemes and games up front to take up blockers to allow Milano and Edmonds and Klein to clean things up. And I want to see hard, downhill, aggressive action from the defense to not let Cam get going and not let that run game get established at all from the get-go. Yeah, stop the run. Don't let him be Cam. Make Cam be someone he's not. Now, it's 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 crazy because that's exactly what Pats fans would say about Josh Allen. Make Josh Allen not play like Josh Allen, right? And uh, obviously, we have more firepower on the other side because of everyone who's healthy. And obviously, John's about to <laughs> John. Josh is about to hit his hit his prime pretty soon. He's really learning. And uh, I look at. Cam Newton, obviously, you see a lot of flashes of Josh Allen, but I just personally don't think he has an arm anymore. I, I really just do not believe he does. It's it's easy to just chuck a ball in a double coverage deep, even if it's an interception for like 50, 60 yards, right? Like any quarterback in the NFL can do that. It's just, you know, a quarterback is struggling when there's a guy crossing the middle of the field and he can't feed the ball to him. And he can set his feet. So I look at Cam and I'm saying, yeah, pressure the living heck out of him. And that's how you put the nail in the coffin. 
Because if you can make him, him uncomfortable and, you know, not being able to run outside of the pocket and has, he has to force the football, then you win. You get, you get those, you know, one-on-ones that you want with Tredavious White because he's going to want to go to his number one. And who's going to be on, who's going to be on number one? Obviously it's going to be Tredavious White. I, I foresee a big game for him. Um, I also foresee a big game for our defensive line to really feed off the momentum from last week. And obviously, like you said, stack the box, but I kind of feel like if, as long as we can, you know, contain the QB with even a four or five man rush, we could easily win this game. Now let's jump back to the offense here, right? Because I talked about Cole, you talked about different things, but what do we do on offense when you're facing a guy like Bill Belichick, who let's be quite frank. I mean, he doesn't get blown out of games easily. You know, I look at the Patriots, I see cam, you know, I know they got talent all over the field, whatever. Uh, Some of them are injured. It's fine. But I just, I don't see the players as much as I see Belichick when I see the Patriots. That is the only worry I really have about this game because Belichick, whether we like to believe it or not, is a mastermind. In the event, no one on the Patriots opted out and Cam Newton was playing, I think this game would be in the Patriots' favor, especially with the Bills coming off of two horrible losses, which, you know, obviously we can, that's, that's another topic that we, everyone's been trying to dissect and just throw underneath the rug. Ah, it never happened. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and then we play the Jets. And, <laughs> I'm a Bills fan. And, uh, you know, we play the Jets and we, you know, we win because of, you know, we got it. We got a killer bass, right? It's, it's awesome. Listen, fact of the matter is Bill Belichick kind of had a formula to still win the division and everyone just started opting out. Now he's playing with who's left. And what you're seeing is a still really well coached Belichick team that is just playing sloppy. And you look at the practice schedules, you look at what happened the last couple of weeks, we, we could get into that. But if we're looking at this matchup, Sean McDermott versus Bill Belichick, let's pretend the offense has a game like last week, right? Let's pretend. I hate pretending this, but I have to. And we we can't we can't score in the red zone, dude. Like it, we can't rely on our kicker game in and game out to win us the football game. Like we should have had at least 30 points against the Jets and we couldn't score in the red zone. It was abysmal. It was horrible. I felt bamboozled. I felt <laughs> give me another word. An awesome word. No, give me another word. Is perfect. All right, we'll leave Hood, it at I, Hood, I hoodwinked. Been smackledorfed. Yeah. God. Listen, the fact of the matter is we're playing a Pats team that is still really well coached on the defensive side. And if we can't put points on the board offense, we're in big trouble. So yes, you got to win in the trenches. I get that, but you can't let this secondary you know, feel like you're not willing to throw the ball down the field. You have to push it. You got to trust that Stefan Diggs can win the one-on-one. I want to see more one-on-one contested catches thrown, uh, you know, towards Stefan Diggs. Now everyone's saying, well, you know, he's there, he's getting double, triple covered. I understand, but there's opportunities. 
there's still some opportunities where he can, he can launch the ball to him. He's got to make that happen. In a game like this, where you're trying to put the nail in the coffin, that's how you do it. You want to get back in the Super Bowl talk, t- Super Bowl, uh, you know, chatter, that's how you do it. You completely shut down your division. Miami's on the rise. If we lose this game, you know, I see the Bills kind of start to unravel before our very eyes. Like, there's no excuse. Edelman's out. Nikhil Harry's out. So, I just, I wish I knew what the answer was for the offense to score in the red zone. I personally just, at this point, I just have to wait and see because I haven't seen enough consistency as an identity from an offense from Dable to know, okay, we're going to run the hell out of the football in the red zone. Okay, we're going to roll out a bunch and try to throw the ball, you know, towards the end of the, towards the end of the end zone. It's, it, you just don't know. Um, and that's the thing with Brady, you look back in the day, oh God, double Gronk, triple Gronk, whatever. He's going to run the seam <laughs> and there he goes every time, right? He's going to raw. Oh, it's another touchdown. Oh, he, you know, Micah Hyde gets mossed. I mean, what do you, what do you do? Uh, we got to create opportunities for our guys to look good. This is, this is going to be a big game for the offense to really showcase their ability. Um, and you know, get back, get back on track. And, you know, show Bills fans that those two games that happen, eh, they're underneath the rug. Eh. Look, they're not, <laughs> they're not the character of the Buffalo Bills, right? Look, I went on a tangent there, but Anthony, what are your remarks in regards to then what do you think the Patriots could do on defense in the red zone to pose a threat against the Bills offense? Because you look at what the Jets did, do they replicate what the Jets did? Or do you foresee them maybe trying to attack Josh Allen differently? I'm glad that you brought this up because it's been something that has been on my mind for a majority of last year, especially during the playoff game. And then coming into this year, situational execution for Josh Allen and for the Bills offense, mainly with third downs and red zones. We saw the opposite in the beginning of the year. Every time the Bills were getting down in the red zone, they were getting touchdowns. They were getting seven instead of getting three. And as you alluded to with the Jets game, yeah, the Bills won, but they should have ended that game much earlier. They should have gotten seven, but instead they had to settle for three. Playing a Bill Belichick team, that usually gets you beat. If you get three when you could have had seven, you know on the other side of the ball, usually with a Bill Belichick team, they're getting seven instead of getting three. I'm wary of that when it comes to the Pats. I'm also wary of the third down execution. But when it comes purely to the red zone, I think Belichick does what several of the teams that that the Bills have played have done recently, which is make Josh Allen beat you with pure coverage reads and patience. Do not let him get outside of the pocket. Do not let him scramble. Don't let him run. Don't make things easy for him. And I mean easy in terms of giving him a one-on-one read for Stephon Diggs or blowing, obviously not trying to blow a coverage in the middle. But Allen does so many things to extend the play or make your coverage or your defense break down. I think the Pats sit there and they try to disrupt Allen with a mix of coverages on the back end and not letting him create, whether with his legs or just his overall movement in the pocket. I think they make him sit back and say, okay, can you go from your primary to your secondary 
to your third, to maybe your outlet or your dump off or your safety net on this play. I think they sit back and try and make Josh Allen be a pure pocket passer and a pure quarterback in terms of reading the defense pre-snap, trying to adjust pre-snap or post-snap, making the right read and beat them seven yards at a time instead of giving him wide open windows or big chunk play opportunities. And that's really been the formula for several teams that the Bills have played this year, but especially after that Raiders game, we've seen, now granted, not everybody has the defensive personnel of the Titans or the Chiefs or even the Jets, and you still have to execute the game plan you're putting in. But a lot of what you're seeing is teams trying to confuse Josh Allen with looks and make him beat them with patience and take dink or or dunk play after play instead of going for a 25-yard gain here or a 17-yard chunk play here. And when you get down in the red zone, it's even tougher because that area of the field shrinks. It's easier to play zone and crash things down and narrow everything down because you've got no over-the-top aspect. And I think they're going to clog as many of the throwing lanes as they can. I also think Belichick does something unique or exotic that we haven't seen teams do. You have to when you're purely going with scheme because you don't have the quality or the talent there, which they don't because of injuries and opting out and all of that. But I think when we get down to the red zone, it mirrors what we're going to see throughout the rest of the game for the Patriots defense, which is sitting back in that zone and making Allen be patient and surgical with everything underneath. So isn't this the next step then, right? Everyone's talking about what's the next step for Josh Allen. What's the next step for Josh Allen. That's the next step. Yes. That's the next step. It's, yep. it's very simple. The next step for Josh Allen is this, ladies and gentlemen. Reading defense is better and delivering from the pocket. We know he has the arm talent to throw it deep. We know he's a way more accurate quarterback than advertised. But what's going to separate him from a quarterback that, you know, you're looking, you're looking at what Josh Allen could become, right? Cam Newton, free agent, you know, his body's torn into pieces. He's, he's trying to come back from injury after injury after injury. And one thing I noticed about Cam is that I don't think he ever really grew as far as, you know, reading defenses and delivering from the pocket consistently. You know, I, I think when, when, when plays broke down because he couldn't figure out where to go with the football, he would use his athleticism to get out of the pocket, whatever have you. So it's like in my head, Josh Allen goes one or two ways. He either goes super cam and hopefully he doesn't get hurt or he goes the Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, route and delivers more from the pocket. Although big Ben got destroyed throughout his career. All I'm saying, (laughs) I know horrible, horrible analogy. All I'm saying is the style of play, right? It's the style of play that we foresee as the next step. Look, one has a super bowl ring. The other one doesn't. Yeah. So I think that's logical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what he's not going to be Brady. Who else can you compare him to? I don't know anybody else I can compare him to. Look, he runs faster than big Ben. Yeah. You know, Colin Coward calls him a baby big Ben, but look, that's the next step, you know, for Josh Allen, this could be a game to take that next step, which yeah, you need to dominate your division in order to be able to lead your team with confidence. That's where it comes from, in my opinion. So, Anthony, with uh, some final remarks here, uh, I'm going to name Sean McDermott Van Helsing, and I'm going to name <laughs> I'm going to name Bill Belichick Dracula. 
And I'm going to sing, and I'm going to sing the one verse that Bill Belichick's going to be singing before this game. Oh boy. On a a beautiful Saturday, uh, Halloween night. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is a song that I never thought I would write. On the night I'm dying, sorry for all the wrong I've done. I'm finished trying. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. You got a pretty I decent Dracula. That's a Look, pretty decent I- Dracula for being Sarah Marshall. That's a pretty good impression. I'm impressed. I kept reading those lyrics and like literally imagining, uh, you know, just just in my imagination, uh, you know, sure, Bill Belichick yeah. singing those words and then Sean McDermott jumping off, jumping from the top rope with a with a crucifix. And then putting the nail in the coffin. This is the game, guys. This is what we want. Anthony, real quick, before uh, before we get out of here, please tell all of the listeners on Buffalo Rumblings and listeners like where they can find all your content. Also, thank you for supporting me from the beginning. I'm so happy to have you back. Have you as have you as a friend, and um, you know, joining me on the um, Buff Hub on Buffalo Rumblings. Oh. Hell yeah! Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, you're my boy. We go way back. And I am Anthony. I am the host of Disguise Coverage on the Cover One Sports Network. You can find Disguise Coverage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at pro underscore underscore ant. That's pro two underscores a n t. Please give me a follow on Twitter. Rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. While you're there, check out everything under the Cover One umbrella. I am extremely excited to be a part of that brand. And yeah, since the last time you and I got together, you joined Buffalo Rumblings. I joined Cover One. We've both uh, seen upticks in our in our social media game and our podcasting game since we last came together. So hopefully this one's another positive sign of things to come. I thank you for having me again on this episode. You're my boy. We go way back. I'm super proud of everything that you've done and how your show has grown and how awesome you are and how great your Dracula impressions are and how awesome your singing voice is. So yeah, it's a good time as always. I've been working on it, man. Thank you. I, I really appreciate <laughs> I was practicing on the way back from work. I was like, I'm going to make this happen, baby. <laughs> well, thanks again, man. Oh gosh. This is, I love we're it, gonna, we'll great. just keep laughing after this. Is <laughs> Guys, happy Halloween. Be safe out there. Have fun with the kids. Let's go bills. Let's beat the Pats and let's put a nail in the coffin, baby.